0: Pick your poison, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase. How far did the Twins drop in ESPN's latest power rankings and one upset on the Vikings schedule that could come to fruition? It's all coming up next on Superior Sports Talk.
1: 11 sports anchor Reggie Wilson covers the Twin City sports scene non-stop. Luke Inman is ready to put him on the hot That's seat. what road. you going to do to me. Instant analysis. Yanked. Out you go. Post game breakdowns and red hot takes. The Timberwolves need a stick. Reggie and Luke give you a daily dose of Minnesota sports with Superior
0: Sports Talk. Part of Locked On Sports Minnesota. And it starts now. Back in the lab, Reggie and Luke back at it. Another episode, Superior Sports Talk, presented by Locked On Sports Minnesota, your daily 30-minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports. That's Reggie Wilson on Twitter, at Reggie Wilson TV and on CARE 11. Thursday, Reg, that means Minnesota State Fair is live and in action. You're going to be there. One fair food that you just have to have every year. Are you a sweet or a savory kind of guy?
1: You know, I'm looking forward to the great, Minnesota get together. And I have a story lined up tomorrow um, to meet with the good folks at Sweet Martha's Cookies. And that's really the only thing that I'm looking forward to. I am Mm -hmm. a cookie guy through and through. And they said these are the best of the best. Well, depending on who you ask, because some people you know it, but that's it's, between it's a and pretty Jesus.
0: well-known statement yeah it is i don't know yeah. who's out there saying that they're not because it's a pretty well-known statement so you've never had sweet martha's cookies is that right never is that what nope. you're saying i've seen them in the oh store
1: i've seen you know what. but i'm like Ooh. no i gotta wait till the fair so i can get like the mm-hmm. real authentic experience
0: yeah something about them just coming hot fresh right out the oven pour them in that mm-hmm. bucket i'm a sweets mm-hmm. guy nothing says minnesota mm-hmm. state fair Like walking back to your car with a half-empty bucket of those sweet Martha's cookies Mm. after you just Mm. pounded some deep-fried Oreos, maybe Twinkies, (laughs) heartburns cooking, all-time high, sugar sweats going on. You can feel the cavities in your teeth already working. Sign me up, man. I can't wait. I'll see you out there. Hey, remember, follow along on the Lockdown Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and on Twitter. Give us a follow at LockdownMIN. Remember, we're a podcast too, free and available, all platforms, Spotify, Apple, you name it. We got it. Plethora of choices over there, by the way. Ron Johnson Show, The Football Party, and plenty more. Your one stop shop with endless Viking stock with local experts. Do us a favor hit the subscribe button there and drop us a five star review. All right. To football we go. 13 days, week one NFL season. Rams host the Bills Thursday night football. That means 16 days until the Vikings home opener taking on the Green Bay Packers. What a way to kick off the 2022 season. Place is going to be loud, going to be rocking, going to be a hostile environment for the green and gold. Can guarantee that. And Reg, forget about all the practice we've seen from this guy. We're talking about practice? What are we talking about, practice? Forget about all the preseason. He may or may not even play in this next preseason game. But 16 days from now, is going to be our first look, our first taste, finally, at what Justin Jefferson will look like in this new KOC pass-happy offense. Same offense that made Cooper Cup a triple crown winner, one of the best statistical seasons a wideout has ever posted in the history of the game. Yet, Mm -hmm. if you took a poll of 100 people and say, hey, you're building a team from scratch, so who would you rather have, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, I think you'd see a pretty even close split. I mean, the national experts, 50-50 kind of coin toss between the two. So my question is, Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase, you're drafting a team from scratch. Who's better
1: and why? When you get into the whole, like, who's better, I just, I really don't think you can pit them against each other. I feel like it's a 1A, 1B situation, and it's really a coin flip on who you want, you know, like chase maybe is more of a burner, you know, like he's one of those guys that can catch it on a slant and take it to the crib. But Justin Jefferson, literally his catch radius is outstanding. He's taller. He just has a, an amazing uncanny ability to get open. It seems like the guy is always open and you could just throw it in his general vicinity and he's going to come down with it. So look, if, if, you are just like putting a gun to my head. Don't do that. But if you are just, you know, really like twisting my arm and making me pick, like, who do you rather like see out there? I'm just going to go, just because of the slight edge in NFL play, I'm going to go Justin Jefferson. Look, Jamar yeah, Chase I mean- had an incredible year. You know, like, it, it was awesome. They, they, they fueled you know, the the Bengals all the way to the Super Bowl with some of the stuff that he did. And and on that play, the last play of the Bengals possession where Burrow, um, you know, kind of went down early, Chase had beat Jalen Ramsey, you know, widely considered Mm. the best corner in the league. And if Joe had a little bit more time, you may see them talking about a touchdown. Going up in the Super Bowl and maybe the Bengals winning that Super Bowl. And so it's just interesting looking at, you know, what Jamar Chase has done, especially against some of the top teams. And, like, he torched the Chiefs. I was sitting in the room uh, in Green Bay with COVID, you know, and and watching the Chiefs and the Bengals play. And Chase, like, single-handedly took over that game. But that being said, I think if the Vikings had – like, keyed more in on Justin Jefferson earlier in the season and just more often in the season, I think he has a statistically, like, fantastic season. He already did have a really good year. But, like, the dude is just a threat each and every play to make something happen. And he's just one of the most steady receivers in the game. And I think it's interesting to see how, you know, Last preseason, Jamar Chase couldn't catch anything. Like he, he was, remember that? He was, how weird yeah, that? he was dropping everything. And then when the season started, he just turned it to this all world receiver. Well, it's only one year. You want to see how, like, teams are going to adjust to him and how he's going to, you know, kind of evolve his game as it goes along, especially because in that Bengals offense, Zach Taylor was just like, look, Jamar, run that go route. Man on man, Mm -hmm. you just beat your man Joe, throw it out there. That was like a lot of their offense. Like there's a little bit more nuance to Justin Jefferson's game. And I think that leads me to choose him over Jamar if you're putting them in a vacuum.
0: Yeah, no, you're right. Can't go wrong either way. I'll start with Chase, though. Like he said, explodes on the scene with the Bengals. The reason the Bengals, a huge reason anyways, the Bengals went on that Super Bowl run, runs away with rookie of the year. And even though he only had the 23rd highest target share in the league, he was the most efficient wideout yeah. in the entire league when he did touch the ball with a 109.4 EPA. So nobody did more with his opportunities than him. He averaged 18 yards per catch, which if you just think about it, is Insane. Second only to Debo Samuel. Top five wow. in Yak with 550 yards. Just all in all, though, between efficiency and explosiveness. I think he's just an extremely safe pick, extremely high floor. Mm -hmm. Can't go wrong with him. And when you look at Cincy's offense this year, it's pretty much copy paste. It's going to be the same exact unit. If anything, they improved their offensive line, meaning maybe more deep shots, more big chunk plays down the field for Chase. Mm -hmm. I think he'll have more targets and catch more balls than he did last year, which is saying something. When you put all that together, it just makes it really hard to bet against him. But on the other hand, Justin Jefferson, when you look at what he's done, a similar season to Chase's rookie year, I think he got. Robbed of that rookie of the year by Justin Herbert. But then he follows it up last year with an even more complete, well rounded sophomore season, led the league Mm -hmm. in air yards and targets. And even though Chase is the number one player in EPA, JJ was third with 89.7. So it's not like he was far behind. He's still only 23 years old. And we don't know how much better he could still get. And even though we talk a lot about how KOC wants to get him the ball in that Cooper Cup role, he's fighting with Thielen, Osborne, Irv. Dalvin Cook in the running game. I mean, that is a lot of miles to feed. It's more than Chase is surrounded by. So I think that 30% target share could drop this year. And even despite all that, though, I still think he puts up better numbers than Chase. Here's the bottom line. Chase has the higher floor, but I think JJ's got the higher ceiling. I'm glad you brought up that catch radius. Physically, may not have the 40 time, but let's who's getting who? JJ's not slow. So stop that. But I love the big catch radius, that big window, that room for error. If you're a quarterback, I would rather have Justin Jefferson over Jamar Chase in that catch radius. So if I'm drafting a team from scratch today, I think I'd take J.J. four out of five times. But you're right. Can't go wrong either
1: way. It's 1A and 1B. Just real quick, I'm going to ask you, who would you rather have, the Bengals offense or the Vikings offense? You got Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Mm. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, now they've added Hayden Hurst, and they've improved drastically that offensive line, as opposed to the Vikings now with Cousins, Cook, Madison, J.J. Wow, Reggie. K.J. What a great question. Who would you rather have? Which offense would you rather have? (sighs)
0: I think the Vikings is more complete. I think what this whole league comes down to is the quarterback play. And if you're offering me, it, you know, if this is just for like one game or one season, I'm taking the Vikings. If this is for the next 10 years, I think I got to go Joe Burrow. You're getting an extra 10 years from what could be an absolute blue chip elite quarterback. And despite all the other weapons, you know, I love JJ and Thielen and Osborne and Dalvin and that running game. You know, I have to lean towards that young blue chip type of quarterback and Joe Burrow. That's just always going to make everybody around him a little bit better. What a great question, though. One game, what would you rather have versus one one maybe next decade? I think you got to go with the Bengals and the quarterback, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Joe Burrow is that dude, man. He's like, that dude? You could see it. I j- you know, I just came from Cincinnati last year, like, and when he got injured that first year, everybody was devastated because they could see it. Like, he just has that moxie that, that and they mm-hmm. will, like, to, to, like, will a team to victory and will a team to, like, championship play. Like, he willed that team to the Super Bowl. It was just kind of crazy just seeing it happen. At, Time and time again, it seemed like maybe they were down, they were out. You know, they go down by two scores. Don't worry about it. They got Joe Burrow. And I don't Come think back you in. See stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think you see things like that from Kirk Cousins. And so I think, you know, if, if you had to like put some money on it, I think you probably take the Bengals in the edge just because of the quarterback.
0: What a great question. We might have to Ask throw the that people, wall. Though. We want to know from you. Who do you think's better between the two? Who you got, JJ or Chase? Who do you think's got the better offense, the Bengals or the Vikings? Who would you rather have? Go comment on the YouTube channel. Let us know what you think. Moving on. So the Vikes, they're inching closer to their third and final preseason game. When you try and gauge the temperature, the, the vibe, the outlook heading into week one, you know, fan base, experts, players, you name it, should we be more encouraged less encouraged or about the same from where we were last year at this time like when it comes to the state of the team and the direction they're heading better vibes now or in 2021 heading into the season at this time
1: oh I definitely think it's better vibes now when I got here last year um, people just really weren't sure what to think about the Vikings like are they gonna be good are they gonna be bad like you know what's like, it was kind of ho-hum, especially after the season that they had in 2020. People were just like, like, I guess this team is supposed to be good, but, like, we were not really sure. You know, new coordinator, Clint Kubiak, not really mm-hmm. sure what the offense is going to look like. You know, Zimmer's defense seemed to have flat lines. So, you know, you knew they were going to be competitive, but, you know, I, I don't think anybody expected them to lead the league in sacks. Like, that was, that was a pleasant surprise. But I think, There's something to be said about new, Luke. Like, you got new coach, new GM, like a new regime, new culture, you know, new energy in the the Vikings in 2022. So I think, you know, you combine that with the overall talent, you know, it seems like, you know, not necessarily that they're running it back, so to speak, but they are going for it, you know? The pieces that they had, they've added to them. They haven't started a you know a rebuild like the Bears. And I think you are excited to see like what this team can do. You know, they've invested in Kirk Cousins. You got all the weaponry on offense, they've bolstered the the defense with you know guys like Booth and Hicks and Zadarius Smith and Lewis Seen. Like they're going for it. I think if you're looking at the Vikings at this time this year as opposed to this time last year, I think you are much more encouraged about where this team is headed and about the outlook for the upcoming season than last year because I think the question marks are a little less. You know, maybe you're like, okay, I'm not sure what to expect from this offense with this new guy coming in here. Like, he hasn't done this before, you know. But at the same time, it's just like, well, What do they have to lose? And there's nothing but energy and there's nothing but, you know, evidence to show that, you know, some of these new coaches coming in and taking over these jobs, like they have provided that spark to their teams. And so I'm excited to see, you know, what the Vikings roll out this year. And if I'm excited, I can only imagine how excited fans are.
0: I don't wanna say hopes were high, but like the bar was high. Like remember they were two years removed from that ten and five season, won a huge playoff game in New Orleans, and then they would Mm -hmm. go seven and nine the year after and I think people just conjured up this thing in their head that like every time Zimmer had a bad season, the team always bounced back strong and made the playoffs the next year. And I think people just wanted to start to believe that Kirk Cousins was coming mm-hmm. off career year 35 TDs. You had uh, J.J. coming off this Moss-type rookie season. But you're right. It all mm-hmm. came back to Clint Kubiak calling the shots for the first time as a play caller. And there was optimism because there's a lot of talent. You didn't know who the number three receiver was going to be. B.C. Johnson just went down. Mm-hmm. But with Dalvin... and and Christian Derrissau was supposed to be ready for week one. There was still a lot of optimism there, but still a lot of question marks. Defensively, Mike Zimmer's just going to do what Mike Zimmer does. He signs Patrick Peterson and Xavier Woods. And, you know, it's just kind of like, well, Zim's going to Zim. He's going to find a way to bounce back. I think a lot of people just expected them to bounce back to that 2019 season, make the playoffs again. Those were the expectations anyways. That was the bar. Anything less was kind of failure. Obviously, that doesn't happen. They lose all those close games in the final two minutes. Zim's fired and a chapter this year feels wildly more up in the air as far as like where the bar is supposed to be like where are we supposed to put our expectations because like you said anytime you have a a new regime in town their first year is kind of like this blank canvas you just throw a bunch of paint up there and see what looks good and I feel like it has a bigger ceiling for success than it did under Zimmer just in a big picture lens. Uh, but I also feel like there's such a stark contract between the floor and the ceiling of what we might get, at least in year one this first year. There's experts out there picking the Vikes to be a sleeper Super Bowl contender. And then you've Ooh. got ESPN's preseason power rankings we looked at yesterday, and they're polled as the twenty third best team in the league. I mean, that's a bottom ten league. So change is definitely what was needed, no question. Change means a lot more reason for excitement because of the unknowns. And I think on paper. I think it's got all the makings of a playoff caliber team. But I think there's just a certain hesitancy and like a certain grace period anytime you start over with a new coaching staff, new GM, especially as Vikings fans who just, they've been burned. And they're a little conditioned to just temper expectations just by default. But it is crazy, I will say this, it is crazy to look back just one year ago at this time and see the difference and change and just the overall vibe from last year to now. Things felt... I don't know a little stale there at the end and now just looking back you realize like how stale and bad things actually got there towards the end and even if they don't make the playoffs i still feel like this feeling of fresh change and just hitting the reset button alone gives fans a lot more optimism and rejuvenation where things are headed remember lockdown sports minnesota gives you endless vikings talk with local experts and now offers you a new podcast all about the vikes the Minnesota Football Party brings together a panel of podcasters and writers with big opinions on the Purple. Myself, Arif Son at The Athletic, Luke Brown of Lockdown Vikings, and of course, Sam Ekstrom of The Ron Johnson Show. We give you an hour of Viking talks every Monday and Thursday. Find that show wherever you get your podcasts by subscribing to Lockdown Sports Minnesota or watch the show anytime, any day for free on YouTube. Coming up, we're talking how far the Twins have fallen, in ESPN's latest power rankings. But first... Hungry? Time for a snack? Well, grab a Built Bar. Built Bar made with collagen protein, so it's easily digestible and provides tons of health benefits. Each bar is just 160 calories and 15 grams of protein, packing the perfect punch of nutrition and taste. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar, and grab yourself a Built Bar. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKEDON15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. Fifteen. All right. Sad part of the show. To baseball we go. <laughs> quick recap last night. Real quick. Twins lose 5-3 to the Astros. They dropped back four games in the division to Cleveland, who won last night. Rocco getting desperate now. Shaking up the lineup a little bit. I don't know if you saw that. Trying anything he can do to shake things up with Byron Buxton out. Last night was Polanco batting leadoff, followed by Correa, Miranda, and shell at cleanup and Luisa rise all the way at number five in the order for the first time since I personally can remember you know things are bad when even a rise is trying to snap out of funk now batting yeah. just. 325 on the season. Bundy allows two <laughs> runs in five innings. Kept the game close. Then Fulmer comes in, and boom, three runs right away in the sixth inning. Astros never look back. Quick thoughts on last night's game for sure. But if things stay on this pace, just how much could the Twins regret making all those moves for this pitching help that we saw again last night really hasn't moved the needle for this teams in terms of wins one bit?
1: No regrets, man. No regrets. They no had regrets. to do something. You. Yeah, they had to do something, and they did something. They did some things that were, you know, maybe maybe some saw it as drastic, but they, they added a starting arm and they added a couple arms in the bullpen. I think they had to do that. If they wanted to make a run and wanted to get into the playoffs, they had to do that because if they would have stood pat with what they had, they would have been blowing all these games, like, regardless. Like, it, it, it just, like, the team was cratering in the pitching staff, and so they needed to do something. And so, like, I give them credit for doing something. And, you know, you would hope that the moves that they made help. You know, you you don't, you know, really forecast that Mally's going to land, you know, injured, but, you know, it happens. Uh, you, you would hope that some of these arms that they bring in in the bullpen could do some, some better things. But, you know, sometimes that's what happens. You took a risk. You took a gamble. And, you know, it, it just didn't pay off as much as you would like it to. I mean, there's still several, several, several games left in this season where they can turn some things around. But right now, they just look cooked, man. Like, last, the last two nights, they've shown a little life in the ninth inning to let people know that they aren't necessarily dead. But, you know, I think you're still, you know, digging, digging dirt on them because they aren't winning these games. All of a sudden, in the middle of a playoff chase, you've now lost five in a row. Five in a row. And now you found yourself down four games back of Cleveland. They are running away with this thing. And it's like they can't do anything about it. They need, they absolutely need to win this game today. They have to, man. They got to stop the bleeding. And they absolutely need the bats to wake up. You know, you mentioned Rocco doing a lot of the. Uh, you know, he's he's playing puppeteer. He's just he's pulling the strings, however he can, to try to get some more entertainment uh, from these bats to get a little bit more juice from this lineup, and it's not working. I don't know what's going on. Even you know, guys like Jose Miranda, who you know, is really the lone bright spot of the the hitting uh, with this team right now. Like, he even can't do enough to help them just kind of get over the hump. You know, Luis Arraez is still batting three twenty five. He's doing what he can, but, you know, they need a little bit more consistency up and down that lineup. And it's puzzling to me because even without Buxton, you still got Correa there. You still got capable hitters. Like, why they aren't hitting is beyond me. And if you're a fan, you're just highly frustrated for all that time this year that they held on to that lead at the top of the division to to be sliding like this and to now, you know, be closer to 500 than, than you have, you know, at any point this season, you know, other than, you know, when the season started, like, you're just like, what is going on? Like, what is going on? And you just hope that somehow they can stop the bleeding, but right now, it just looks really bleak.
0: You didn't call call them barbecue chicken yet. So Not yet. I know when Not Reggie yet. calls them barbecue
1: chicken, there's
0: still a chance. There's still but hope. They
1: turn that stove <laughs> on. That 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 <laughs> pan is heating up before you put the eggs in there, you know, for the omelet, you're starting to put the grease in the in the pan. Like they're mm. look, they're heating up. They're heating up, man. You're you're almost ready to pour those eggs in, start that omelet. Like, don't get the the ham and the you know the peppers, the onions, the cheese. Like, all of that's coming out of the refrigerator right now. Like, it's ready to go into that omelet. But if you give, but they're them not hope, there yet.
0: But they're not there yet. Still plenty of time to play. Hey, ESPN's latest power rankings were released. If you would have made me guess, by the way, before this, I would have said they would have dropped, I don't know, three, four, five spots the way they've played, losing five in a row. And somehow, some mm-hmm. way, they don't move an inch. They stay at 14, two behind the Guardians at 12, and two ahead of the White Sox at 16. Article highlights between the injuries and underperforming. The team has unraveled as of late and should be under heavy scrutiny. And then it goes on to really dig in and pick on one guy out of the whole bunch. And that's Carlos Correa, brought in 35 Mm -hmm. mil a year, expected to be really the MVP or at least co-MVP of the team with Buxton. And while he hasn't been like bad per se, it's just not the level of play and production the Twins were hoping to get. Quick thoughts, ESPN's latest power rankings here.
1: Honestly, that feels generous that they're at 14 considering what what they've done, you know, losing out to the top of the division to Cleveland. And now this five-game losing streak and just hitting that is all over the place. like, And not all over the place being in, you know, they're putting bats to baseballs all over the place. But, like, all over the place, like, where is the bat? Like, they're running all over the place to find the bat. And so, look, we've talked about Correa. The other night they asked him, like, hey, could you see yourself returning back to play for the Astros? And he's like, well, look, I could see myself playing in Minnesota for a very long time. And it's like, okay, all right, all right. You know, say whatever, you know, to get the fans off fire, Smile up, at right. the this camera,
0: one... kiss the babies, yeah, get those votes. Exactly. Yeah, politically Kissing correct. Kissing the ring, yep. I get yep. it, I yep. get it. Yep. Yeah, that's
1: what you're supposed to say. But in reality, fans are like, well, do we want him back? I mean right Russ yeah. Lewis might come back he he might be a better option I don't right. know what, what else can I
0: get for my 35 mil man I mean there's other exactly there too. he's not the only good player in the league yeah
1: exactly because he is not necessarily delivering from mm-hmm. a standpoint that you are are hoping he would like if anybody else should be carrying this team it should be him he should be hitting at an MVP level and and really helping this team surge but right now He's just one of the guys, and he's at 35 million. I, look, I hate counting people's money because I don't want anybody mm-hmm. ever counting my money, okay? Look, I ain't got enough of it anyway for you to count, so you'll, you'll run out of that count fast. But I I never like to count people's money. But when you look at how much of the, the team's salary, like, that they are paying to one player, You're like, look, man, we need a little bit more than this. You know, Byron Buxton's Mm -hmm. fighting like heck, you know, nagging knee injuries, hip injury, like just fighting like heck to be out there to help his team. Like that should motivate some dudes. Like if Buck is out here doing this and he's like 70%, then like why can't I be out here giving this team everything I have to try to like get us to the promised land? But that's just not happening right now. And Correa should be the the main guy pulling this team from the dumps. And he's just not doing it.
0: Twins hoping to avoid a three-game sweep tonight. Chris Archer on the mound versus Luis Garcia, who's got a 10-2 record on the year. Just been red hot this year. God bless Coming up, we're getting into our Give Me One segment, and Reggie's going to give me one upset special he's forecasting in the Vikings schedule. But first, remember, when you subscribe to Lockdown Sports Minnesota, you're getting endless Vikings talk with local experts. Sam and Ron talk football every day on the Ron Johnson Show. Reggie Wilson gives you a sports anchor's perspective right here on Superior Sports Talk and the Minnesota... Minnesota football party brings together the top Vikings podcasters in the city. Subscribe to the free Locked On Sports Minnesota podcast feed wherever you find your podcasts and drop us a five-star review or find our videos on the Locked On Sports Minnesota YouTube channel. Hit the subscribe button and leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. All right. Time has come. One of my new favorite segments going on here called Give Me One. I'm going to throw out a Viking topic. Reggie's going to give me just his first response that comes to mind. Let's jump right into it. Here we go. Reggie, give me one Viking game they will be underdogs in that you're smelling a little upset possibly cooking and brewing. Now, don't worry. I'm not going to play this clip back. I'm not going to vault you, but... Just one game that, you know, they're going to be underdogs. And you think they got a good chance to go in there and uh, maybe upset and uh, surprise some people. Here's your options, by the way. I mean, week one, even at home, pretty much all the road games. All the road games are going to be underdogs. But week one at home, Green Bay, they're, what, two-point dogs, one-and-a-half-point dogs. Week 15, the Colts may be really good this year. They could be dogs there too. Uh, And then the road games at Philly, Monday Night Football, Saints-London game, Miami week six, at Buffalo week nine, of course Packers week 16. Any one of those jump out? What do you think?
1: So, look, the, the very toughest game on the schedule, I believe, You know, if it's not the Packers, it's Buffalo. Many people have Mm -hmm. Buffalo, you know, possibly going to the Super Bowl. You know, they're talking about that week one matchup, Buffalo against the Rams, possibly being a Super Bowl preview. Number one, I think Patrick Mahomes has something to say about that. Tom Brady has something to say about that. But, you know, we aren't there yet. I think, look, depending on how much of a role they can get on, this team, this Vikings team is talented enough to beat anybody in the league, in my mm-hmm. opinion. I believe they can go into Buffalo and get an upset. Like, a lot of people are kind of penciling that game as just an L, you know? Like, they haven't even played the game yet. And I understand, look, Buffalo is is tough, man. Like, Buffalo is tough. And, you know, you're going to get a motivated Stefan Diggs to, you know, really stick it to his former team. You know, you got Von Miller rushing the edge and he's going to be really motivated against, you know, Christian Derrissaw, Brian O'Neill. But look, I I understand Josh Allen is that dude. Like Mm -hmm. he has like graduated to him category. I get it, but man, the Vikings got a lot to offer. And they got a lot of weapons everywhere. And I think if this ends up being like a shootout type situation, man, I I think the Vikings can hang with those guys. And I think that they have enough to be able to sneak out with the, you know, Greg Joseph type field goal or, or, you know, whatever the case may be, last team wins type situation. I think they could compete and I think they could uh, sneak out with the win.
0: We did our top five most anticipated games of the schedule a few weeks ago, my number one game. I circle it every year at Green Bay, week 16. You never know what's going to – that's a lifetime away. You never know what these two teams are going to look like by then. Every year we go into to Lambeau, we got a shot to win. And I think you're right. On paper, this team can go into anybody's stadium and go beat anybody. So I'm glad that you had the guts to mention the Buffalo game. I didn't. I'll take a step back. I'll go a little bit smaller on the scale and I'll go Green Bay week 16 I think could be a good upset special but you know just as long as we're on the schedule here as we're wrapping up here real quick these first four games this first quarter of the season not exactly a cakewalk here I mean there's a good chance they could easily be two and two or maybe even one and three Green Bay right away at Philly Monday night you get Detroit at home week three and that at New Orleans in London, I'm just saying, man, if they start out slow out the gate, don't hit the panic button. This defense we knew would take some time to kind of come together and learn their communication and everything else, grow that team chemistry. You know, that schedule, I don't think enough people are talking about at least right out the gate. No easy games in the NFL. We know that any given week, anybody can win. But, you know, I was just looking at those first three, four games though, man. Not exactly that great. So, we'll see how it all plays out. All right, that's a wrap today. Back here tomorrow, break it down. More Twins, Vikes, plenty more. Remember to like rate review subscribe to the YouTube channel join us every day for another episode with your 30 minute breakdown of everything Minnesota sports which by the way you can now find streaming on your Roku device so be sure to look out for our locked on Minnesota app there as well we're a podcast too free and available all platforms subscribe drop us a five star review and take us everywhere on the go that's the man the legend he's going to be out at state fair all week Reggie Wilson follow him on Twitter at Reggie Wilson TV and on Care 11 I'm Luke Inman on Twitter at Luke on Underscore spinman. Special thanks, producer Matt DeBritz. Tune in tomorrow to Superior Sports Talk, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. For Reggie, I'm Luke. Until tomorrow, signing out.
1: Be blessed. Spread love today.